Welcome on into the 2-3 podcast or the 131 or the 113. We're not even really sure anymore. I'm Cam. That's Zach. Episode 8. What a thriller. Double OT dub. Cam, how are we feeling? We are feeling great. It's one of those games where if we don't come out on top, you can't sleep for the entire night because you just start thinking about the game, but you feel relieved once you get the dub. And the cherry on top, Zach, as we're recording this, Duke took the L to Ohio State at Ohio State. It's just a great night all around. You love to see it. And this was an this was a hard fought game. From the moment they started making their comeback in the second half, it was a battle for the rest of the game. For the I don't even know how many minutes that is total, like fifty minutes of game. Yeah, it was fifty minutes of game. And you know who played the entire fifty minutes is Buddy Bayheim. We'll get to him in a little bit. He was just sensational. The whole the the Bayheim brother duo just continues to shine. For Cuse, I think Jimmy, again, is just trying to prove something out there. He just plays so well. But I feel like we need to start with the defense, Zach, because overall, um, it was a very good defensive game. It seems like from start to finish, you know, everything looked better than it had been uh, throughout, like, the season so far. I'm not saying it was a perfectly def- perfect defensive game, but it was certainly uh, close to that. Yeah, I mean, obviously people were missing open shots, so that helps you know make the the, the defense look a little bit better. But it, it they did feel good. I mean, we did end up getting a season high eighteen steals, which is no joke. Buddy leading it with five, along with Jesse, who also had five. Cole had three, and then follow them. Joe had two, and Samir, Frank, and Jimmy all had one. Eighteen total steals, though. That's huge. That is absolutely huge, and. It sort of contributed to the fact that Ohio State, while they did have a lead at one, or Ohio State, while uh, Indiana had a lead at one point, um, they never really had like the game in the bag. They weren't like running away with it at all. They never really had too much momentum. And I think that that's probably what was stopping them was the fact that the defense was actually doing its job this time. And we saw something quite interesting to start the first half. Kind of looked like a 1-3-1, a 1-1-3. Something mysterious was happening in the Jim Beheim zone. What was happening? I don't know, but the problem is, Zach, is that, and we mentioned this in the last episode, our episode title runs off of the 2-3 defense, okay? So if we change it to the 1-3-1 or the 1-1-3, we need to change our name too. And I really feel like we, we, we can't do that at this point, Zach, so I... As much as I appreciate the one three one, for our namesake, I want us to stick to the two three. But it was nice to get a little bit of a different look, and it it made Indiana look like they were really confused at one point. They were super confused, and I love the change. I don't recall Jim ever changing his defenses this much. Sometimes you know he has the wings extend, and they press, and they really press on shooters, and they really extend the zone far out on the perimeter. But I've never seen like a true formation change like we saw today, which was like great because it really razzled and frazzled Indiana in the first half. I think that, it, again, it was one of the contributing factors to the fact that Indiana was never really like able to get a run. And I don't know about you, but it really kind of felt like throughout the game that Cuse 
didn't have it in the bag, but there were there was no real point where like against Colgate where they just kind of ran away with it and you're like, all right, this game's over. Like we we're not winning this game. No, it felt like we were really in this game and it felt like the boys like really had a lot of of passion in this game and like drive to win. I know that a lot of people were saying, oh, they don't deserve to win this game, but I feel like you could see that towards the end that they actually did want to win this game and they were they were fighting their tails off out there. In a post-game interview, Buddy Beheim said this is the best game he has ever been a part in his Syracuse career. Let's get to Buddy for a second and his brother. They combined for 53 points. Buddy had 27 points, 8 assists, and 5 steals. What did you see off of him? This is this is Buddy's team after all. Buddy Buckets. I mean, that's all you'll have to say here. Shot the ball well. And Unbelievable unbelievable one more time unbelievable <laughs> takes to the rim especially in OT I, I don't even know how he's making some of the shots on the like that one drive he, he had on the baseline with the defender was in his face and huge huge shot obviously and it goes in smooth as butter yes sir he has that turnaround jumper that is just so smooth and just so nice to look at it's like when he shoots a three, you just kind of know it's going to go in. But there were two possessions in a row where he did the same exact thing. And then he went for a third time. And then they finally realized, hey, we got to double de- double team him because like he's going to do this again. Um, I think that he was a huge factor in OT that we were able to actually be in the game. And Jimmy, man, Jimmy had a great game. 26 points and five rebounds. He has scored the first bucket in six out of seven games so far. Jimmy Bayheim really getting it done and, and just showing his versatility this game, Zach. Yeah, the, the Bayheim bucket bros were firing all cylinders tonight offensively, and you'll love to see it. You do love to see it. By the way, Jesse, we do need to mention him, man. The king of the paint on both ends of the court, 17 points. Five steals, three blocks, and five rebounds. Jesse continuing to build on his momentum from the past couple of games. He has looked so good as of recently. It's crazy. It's like it's wild to me. Like it's just it just shows that the team like low key was sleeping on him, and it shows every time he's any any like pick and roll action, his hands are up. He's asking for the ball. And it took until two games ago for them to do it. And now he's scoring 17 points a game. And you could definitely tell that there's something empty when he isn't there. Because when Frank had to go in when the you know towards the end there um, and, and uh, Benny had to step in, they both filled the role well. I think that Frank struggled at some points. But you could definitely tell that there was a huge gap in our offense and our defense for that matter. And it just shows that like how important Jesse is to this team after the past couple of games. And I want to ask you, Zach, in the beginning of the season, did you really think that he was going to make this much of a turnaround this quickly? Yeah, it's crazy. The progression Jesse's come on this year so far is insane. Like this is literally we just wrapped up game seven. And at at the end of game three, after we lost to Colgate, we were like, yo. We were pretty worried about him. But now after the Bahamas, Jesse is literally the king of the paint. It's it's a wild and 
honestly, like it, it kind of does feel like they're kind of sleeping on him. They weren't letting him get his touches and, and reps. And when he did get those, he's been playing great. Yeah, they've been dishing it out to him a little bit more. They've been getting him the ball. Like it, you had said, it, it seems like, you know, he's asking for the ball every time he drives to the paint or he, he puts his hands up. I really think that he's more or less like demanding the ball at this point. Like he wants it. He really, really wants it. He was seven for seven from the field. Uh, three for three in the free throws, second in the nation in uh, field goal percentage, Zach. He is just, he, he's shooting the lights out, man. And there's really like, I didn't expect it to be this good this quickly after the game against Colgate. Feed Jesse. Feed Jesse. That's all you got to do. Yes, sir. Joe had another fantastic offensive game. He had 22 points and five assists. There were some sort of holes in his game and his his last shot there towards the end of was it the first OT Zach was it that Yeah, you know, the first OT. Yeah, he put up a 3 that he really shouldn't have. I think for the most part though, he looked pretty good in that last drive in the end there uh in double overtime to kind of seal the game and then go to the free throw line was huge, but there were some gaps in his in his uh game tonight. Yeah. He had five assists, like Ken mentioned, but he also had five turnovers. I believe three or four of those came in the first half. So those kind of, you know, settle out five assists, five turnovers, not a great margin. But offensively, he was firing all cylinders and obviously made great plays to help us win the game. I think that his last shot there that we had talked about that, you know, he it was a little bit of a bonehead mistake. I think that it was more or less like he didn't know how much time was left on the play clock because he took that shot and it looked like immediately he was kind of kicking himself for taking that shot. And I think it was just one of the, you know, mental mistakes that hopefully he doesn't make again. But I want to ask you, Zach, do you feel confident now when Joe was out there compared to maybe years prior where you're like, eh, not so sure if, you know, Joe should be out there, maybe you know, another player on the bench should be out there. Are you confident in his playing ability now? Yeah, I mean, offensively, I'm very confident in Joe. Obviously, there are some times where there's like a little bit of a lapse and his shot selection, you're like, eh, like, don't know how I feel about that. Obviously, sometimes that same shot goes in. And you're like, all right, Joe, let's go. <laughs> so it's it's a little bit of a, you know, double-edged sword where like you make it, you're happy, he misses it, and you're like, why would you ever take that shot? But overall, offensively, I feel super confident in him. He's returning after a kind of a rough Bahamas trip with 22 points and five assists. That's a great stat line. On the flip side of things, you know, on the bench, you got Samir. He had six minutes in this game, only two points. He had two fouls and one turnover. He looked okay. Um, He had some pretty decent, you know, spots in the game, but... I look at his play minutes, Zach, and I guess I'm really not expect. I feel like I'm expecting more play minute or more minutes out of him uh, per game. I'm sure that he isn't too satisfied with the six minutes either, but you know it is what it is. I guess. Yeah, and f- for some reason, I felt like he played a little bit more than six minutes, but ultimately, I guess it just was six minutes. I know Jim mentioned in his pressure that the biggest, the biggest negative to Samir was his defense. There was a few times Jim didn't like what he did on defense and he wasn't getting on the shooters like he wanted to. So that's ultimately what led him to, you know, those limited minutes. Defense comes first, obviously, for Jim. 
And when you don't play defense, then you can sit on the bench. <laughs> I feel like I want to see more minutes out of him, though, because, again, he adds a whole nother dimension to the offense. And I think that we, no matter how good Joe is playing, I think that we need that because Joe is a little bit limited in his playing ability and he's not able to create as many chances as Samir is, I think. And to not have that, you know, I guess extra player to go to, I guess I just don't really understand again why he's not getting too many minutes. And it kind of goes back to sort of the question that we brought up after the Bahamas trip was like, why is he not getting more minutes? You know, why is he not, you know, playing as much as we thought? And I don't know, I guess that that's kind of my concern at least. And I'm sure that Jim knows what he's doing, but I don't know, for, for from a fan's perspective, from a podcaster's perspective, Zach, I guess I just expect a little bit more out of out of him. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a nail-biter. Very close game down the stretch. Two OT games, obviously that goes without saying. And sometimes, given the game situation, he, he's going he's gonna to get six minutes a game. Obviously, previous game against Auburn, he's getting 21. That's a great outing for him, six points talked about him last in the Auburn recap so it's that's that's how it's going to be for him this year unless he has like a breakaway game or something crazy happens where he's like I'm the guy now which I don't foresee happening he's kind of gonna get you know 21 minutes here six minutes here kind of just the mishmash of random play minutes depending on game situation and ultimately what Jim wants to do let's move on to Cole or rather, Captain Cole, Captain who Cole. had 14 points. Uh, he had he fouled out in this game. His fifth foul came at the start of double overtime. He looked pretty good, Zach. He went three for eight from the field. He had four rebounds, um, two turnovers, and then three steals. He looked pretty good. Captain Cole, not necessarily striking again, but still a solid outing for for the Villanova transfer. Yeah, nothing was super, you know, eye-catching here, but I did think it was kind of cool to see that he got his fourth foul with 15 30 remaining in the second half, which is obviously a lot of time, especially when you consider they went to 2 OT and he didn't go he didn't get his fifth foul like Cam said until the second OT in the start. So, obviously he went for the bench for a little bit after that fourth foul, but he played a lot of game and provided a lot of good things points, rebounds, and just things in general while playing on four fouls, which I think is pretty impressive. And I think the best part about that was that he wasn't necessarily playing too conservatively because usually when a player, you know, gets their four foul and then they have to go back into the game, they're a little bit conservative, especially under the basket. But I still thought that he was putting up a pretty good performance from that point. And I think with Cole, like he doesn't really know how to play conservatively or at least if he does, that's sort of a detriment to his play style because that's just not the way that he's going to to play you. He's going to play very aggressively and he's going to try to be as physical as possible. Yeah, and he played smart. Obviously, he did end up getting that last foul, but in a tight game like this, it's inevitable, especially with the, let's say, questionable calls in this game. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up earlier. The refs were... You know, on the two three, we are not afraid to call out any refs. Okay, they were they were not good. There were some really strange calls, especially late. There was one dude that I saw on uh on the the like men's basketball um official Instagram page. They 
some guy commented like, how much did you guys pay the refs? I'm like, dude, did you watch the game? Like Indiana was getting so many like really strange calls going their way. And there were some moments where like, do you remember that that one play, Zach, where like Buddy, he went to contest a, I think it was a three and like he didn't even touch the guy and like got called for a foul. There were just so many weak calls in this game. Yeah, I mean, one week call, okay, that happens. But two, three, like it felt like they were kept adding up, adding up, and you're just like, what are these guys doing? It was it was really frustrating, and I'm just happy that it didn't cost us the game, even though it really did, you know, cost us huge, huge situations and made things a lot tougher for us. Yeah, it made things a lot more difficult than they probably needed to be. Let's move on to Frank and Benny, who again they set up in a in a pretty good way when Jesse. And Cole had fouled out. Um, Frank with those two very clutch free throws in OT. Other than that, Zach, I think that he he looked okay, but he definitely looked like him and Benny both kind of looked like they needed to. You know, it was it was a big moment for them, and they looked like they were a little bit maybe frazzled at, at parts. Yeah, I think I just got to emphasize one more time how clutch those three throws were. Going four for four at the line. Late game, we were down at four. He tied the game by making those four. Absolutely insane that he made those. And we definitely got to, you know, bow down to Frank for that one. <laughs> and the whole bench was going crazy too after he made that fourth free throw. And and again, like we, we would not be winning that game if he missed those. Um, Benny also had some pretty good plays. Benny has had a couple of games recently where like, his, his lines aren't really jumping out to you. He's not getting too many points, but he's still putting on a, a pretty good performance. And I think it's cool that he's actually getting some minutes too, even though he's, you know, his production may not necessarily be there on the stat line. Yeah, he's still a freshman. I know, I know Jim is wanting a bit more than he's getting out of Benny at the moment, but we see his athleticism. Obviously, we've talked about his ceiling so many times on the 2-3. And he'll get there. I, I do think just his nature being a little bit t- timid and obviously being young, it, it's going to take a little bit of time. But I, I think he'll get there. Do you think the same thing for Frank that maybe he just needs a, a little bit of time just to kind of grow into himself and, you know, maybe find that playing time and then get some experience on the court? Yeah, I mean, he's essentially a freshman playing like no minutes last year, if if any at all. I think it was very limited if he played at all last year. And I don't know, he kind of reminds me to a degree, maybe not to the same degree of what Jesse was kind of giving us last year a little bit. So maybe in a year or two, Frank will, you know, be the next Jesse. Do you want to highlight the stat of the game, Cam's stat of the game? This game, Zach, was the largest point total for Cuse since accumulating 122 in the sixth overtime triumph against Connecticut back in 2009. Very, very high-scoring game this one was, but it was a very entertaining one. And I don't know about you, man, but like I, it, it kind of felt like a heart attack at times. Like It was really like, I felt like at points, we were so close to kind of running away with it, and then Indiana just kept coming back. You got to give them credit, though. They played their hearts out out there, and they were a really solid team coming into it. Yeah, I don't think we we properly dipped our hats to Indiana because they played a fantastic game and they definitely do, do, do deserve some respect for that. So next up, 
next game, who's got next. Saturday, December 4th at Florida State, we start ACC play a little bit early. They are 5-2, and two, coming off a 93-65 to 65 loss to number 2 Purdue, who will most likely be the number one. To, actually, no, I can guarantee you that they're going to be the number one team after the Duke loss. They, I don't, I think it was more or less that Purdue looked fantastic in that game, Zach, because I was looking at the highlights and Florida State got absolutely smacked. But I think it was more or less that Purdue looked really good and Florida State, they just got outplayed, man. Yeah. Florida State has two losses in the season one to Florida, who is now ranked, and obviously, I can't mention to Purdue. And I think Florida State's gonna be a great team. I know they're they're always huge. I think they might be even like the number one, like, uh, tallest team in the country. So sounds about right. They're gonna be tough. And this is the first true and tr- true road game of the season, which is gonna be a tough task as well. That is true. Yeah, because we have the games in Bahamas, and then other than that, we've just played at home. So this is gonna be pretty tough. And then after that, we have another neutral site matchup. The Jimmy V Classic, December 7th against number six Villanova at MSG. The schedule, again, we're in the the thick of it right now. It almost seems like the start of ACC play after we get past the stretch, after we play Lehigh and Cornell, is going to be like the easy part of it. Because right now, Zach, this is like, this is really, really tough going in here. But we got our win against Indiana. The boys look good. And I feel like pretty confident going into this Florida State game. Yeah, we're battle-tested. We have some wounds, but we're getting stronger day by day, game by game. And I feel good. Obviously, we're sitting at 4-3 and three on the year so far. And I feel good. Honestly, I feel good. So that's going to do it for us here at the 2-3, the 1-3-1, the 1-1-3. We don't really know what we're going to be calling ourselves now, Zach. I mean, we got to... We got to figure that out. Hopefully, I would love to see Jim go back to that again. And I feel like he might, you know, go back to the switching up the defense because that'd be pretty cool to to kind of see that. And it, I'm assuming would really throw off some teams if you plan for the 2-3 the entire time. And then he just kind of throws out a 1-3-1 one, one every now and then. Yeah, I'd love to see a little combo action. It kind of reminds me of what Rick Pitino used to do at Louisville with the man to 2-3 all in the same like defensive rotation while you're on offense, I'd love to see something like that. Dude, that was so annoying watching that. Like, I remember when we used to, when we really started to get into to basketball and we were watching like Louisville play when they were at their height, that was so annoying to watch because like- It was wild. As a fan, you have no idea what's happening. So I can't imagine what the players are feeling at that moment. Like looking at it firsthand, trying to play through it had no idea what was happening, and it was very effective. He had a ton of success there at Louisville. So anyways, that's going to do it for us. I'm Cam. That's Zach. We will see you later. Let's go Cuse.